the Popcorn Boys, and we're coming in hot. We are coming at you live from Culver City, California. I am Kyle Jamison. With me is Daniel Trainer. And Daniel, do you know we're not technically in Culver City, California? Are you going to say we're in Palms? I've been introing this podcast incorrectly this whole time. No, I, I don't. I don't buy into any of that. No, <laughs> you just don't buy it. No, locations. I mean, Cities. But, but is Palms a city? No, Palms is a neighborhood. In Culver City? No, in Los Angeles. Oh, interesting. Is Culver City technically a... Culver City is its own city. And we're not there. Correct. Where is the boundary? Uh, Venice Boulevard, basically. So on this side, okay. Yep. We, are, we are recording from my apartment tonight. Yes. As we did last week, I suppose. Yes. Not in your spot. My spot also in Palms, not in Culver City. Wait, I'm in Palms. I I know. I'm saying my apartment is also not in Culver City. Neither of us live in Culver City. Where do I live? Palms? Yeah. Did you just say that? Yeah. I was just saying... Never mind. But, okay. Do you want to go back and redo all the intros? Yeah, is that we what can you do a little saying? edit. We can put them in. Uh, we're also not live, I guess. That's... Live to tape. We're live as we're talking. We can't listen live. So is that... Is it misleading, would you say? Yeah. I think you need to rethink your entire intro. All right. Well, stay tuned next week. We are the Popcorn Boys, I think. Are we coming in hot? Oh, God. No. (laughs) All right. Um, Before we get going... Mm Mm-hmm. I need you to pull up the box office numbers re uh, numbers oh, chart. Real quick, this is exciting! Oh God, the thrill, the thrill of this! I don't have it in front of me the way I usually do because, like you said, we're at your apartment. Sheets dot Google dot com. Last sheets dot Google dot com. In Palms. Oh my God! You had quite the adventure. We had. Hold on, I'm pulling up sheets dot Google. What's going on? No. Oh, it's a dock. Wait, is it a dock or a sheet? Oh, it's, it's a dock. dock. Of course, sorry, sorry. Come there. on. Docs.google.com. Have you ever been to London? Uh, no. Wait, where is it? Oh, my God. Wait, I'm very confused where the box office challenge is. No, it's a sheet. This no. is... Oh, God, you don't get it. You're not a, you're not a Google person. Hang on. Hold on. I'm not a Google. I no, created look. this. This is my creation. It's right here. It's a sheet. It's a sheet. Well, it's just not a click dock. On it, you idiot. I just did, but it's not. It's a sheet. We've never been this close to each other. Oh God, this is really making me uncomfortable. <laughs> All right. So you can you don't have to you can bring it over there. No, I, no, I'm gonna hover right here awkwardly. Okay, well, this is absolutely terrifying. <laughs> so this week. Wait, what was your question? On the popcorn. Have place. I ever been to London? No. Do you know what Soho is? It's a neighborhood like Palms. <laughs> is Paul is Soho the Palms of London? I think so. Yes, precisely. Yeah. Thank you. All right, uh, real quick, the box office recap. We're gonna speed through it, uh, you know, as as we do always. Yeah, not much you know, to talk about. 
I have noticed the the more that you are losing, the more you want to speed through it. But we yeah, will, go on. You know, we'll, we'll we'll devote a little more time to it around it's uh, December seventeenth. It is making me nuts, by the way, that I can't see the levels while you're doing. This might not be being recorded, and I know what people are thinking. Your audio quality always sucks, you idiot. And no. I'm like, you know what? I'm doing my best. Nobody's thinking that. Hold on, let me bring up the levels. I'll check. I'll check. Oh God, I do not like you having my computer. Oh, these look good. Good levels. I do not. D- d- you're gonna mess it up. Oh my God. Imagine I- thinking that I'm gonna mess it up. Oh, I'm sorry. The person who does this for every episode. It's amazing that we ever put it on an episode. Oh, and guess who's guess who's guess whose audio equipment we're using. Guess who edits it. Gets who uploads it. Uh, guess who I edited one episode. Thank you. Oh my God, the worst one yet. What episode was that? The worst one yet. Go on. It's like episode three. Upload the uh, upload. Up. Uh, see, that's how cl- that's how keyed in I am to like technical stuff. I say upload all the. I say upload all the time. Update the box office standings, please. All right, current standings in first place, Daniel. Thank you. In second place, Kyle. Oh my god. And that's all we have time for. <laughs> uh, we're gonna move right along here. Wait. Did anything, nothing open? Wait, one of us had Soho, right? I have Last Night in Soho. It was originally one of my... Whoa, 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 whoa. It was one of my backup picks that got pressed into action. And how much did that make this weekend? Uh, It, it opened to four-something and is currently at 5.1 million. Wow, burning down the house. You know, talking a lot of smack for somebody who drafted the French Dispatch, which is also at five million. Oh, would after, you like? Oh. Would you like to make a bet for which one of those is going to make more money? Sure. Okay. What are we betting? Wait, what was the bet for the actual contest? In oh, by general? the way, you buy me dinner when I win. Yeah. Well, they, Did the, we the loser have a re- has to pay for dinner? Are there parameters? What do you mean? Where can I go? Oh, we're going to uh, the dough room. <laughs> That's where we always go. I know. Yeah, if you come to the dough room on a uh, on a weeknight, we'll probably be there. You may yelling, you may find us yelling things like, "I don't know, Jessica Chastain. Nobody saw the last eyes of Tammy Faye. I mean, her chances are dwindling." People, are like, can you shut? If them you want to have a conversation about the three fifty-five, meet us at the dough room. <laughs> If you're looking for two absolutely depressed men in their 30s talking about whether or not Lady Gaga will get nominated this year, me to the dough room. Oh, the levels are still good, by the what way. What are you doing to my computer? I was double-checking the levels again. That was a pop-up. That was not a site I visited. <laughs> God. Yeah. Ugh, get me away from this computer. You uh, are right. You are at... One billion three hundred seventy-one right. million dollars. What was the question? Have you ever watched gay porn? No, I mean I've seen it, but I've never seeked <laughs> it out. Let's say. I'm sorry. Go on. Uh, that's that's all. I, I've stumbled across it accidentally, but I've never been like I'm gonna watch gay porn. You've s- <laughs> okay. Hold on. You've stumbled across it accidentally. Yeah. Okay, I'm sorry to read myself, but go on. That's all there is to it. Wow. Okay. Yeah. The That's... rumor, the rumor mills are <laughs> swirling. Uh, all right. So you had uh, the friend. Oh, by the way, last week I made a mistake when I was 
Brave. talking about the theater count for the Friends Brave. Dispatch, and I know our audience was up in arms. We got so many we tweets. We got so many, so many tweets. Emails. The people were up in arms. The popcornboys at gmail.com, by the way, is not an email address that we have. But maybe someday, <laughs> maybe someday we'll register it if you want to send us an email. Uh, last week, I said that the French Dispatch had opened in uh, 700 theaters, but it was actually only in 50-something theaters for its first weekend. It expanded to 700-plus in week two. So Got there it. Is, there is our the correction. Uh, the popcorn boys regret the error, and we'll yeah. try to do better in the Please future. Please forgive us. Please forgive us. Uh, so you're at $1,371,184,683 thus far. Sounds good to me. Team Kyle is still creeping towards that $1 billion mark. We're at $893,600,000. Or sorry, $263,085. So I'm up like 500 mil. Is that right? Yeah, a little under that, yeah. Okay. $480 million Now, the, th- the thing that makes this relatively interesting is that Eternals, my big, uh, my big play here. Your number one overall pick. Reviews are, shall we say, bad. They are terrible, yes. Um, and Spider-Man is lurking in the shadows. <clears throat> Basically, if Eternals quote-unquote flops, it's not going to flop-flop, it's a Marvel movie. If it Marvel flops. Yes. Then the door will remain ajar Yeah. for a the potential for a massive December from the likes of Spider-Man. Massive December! <laughs> and there's reason to, to believe. Is that the Verve Pipe? Maybe Sing 2 will make <laughs> more than the last. <laughs> uh, Sing 2, Major Resurrections, and Spider-Man No Way Home all out right around Christmas time for me. Those are my three remaining movies. Oh, uh, by the way, the only movie that I have that hasn't... Or I only have... Oh, no, wait, sorry. I, I, who could forget? Oh, God. My final backup pick, Resident Evil, colon, Welcome to Raccoon City. Oh, my God. Uh, so you're gonna we're gonna need to ride the bus train on Team Daniel. Ride the bus train. The bust. You movies have to bust. Is that the gay bust. porn you watched? <laughs> uh, Eternals, West Side Story, Ghostbusters Afterlife. Those are your three biggest ones remaining. And frankly, could be three flops. Maybe. Relative flops, at least. Yeah, whatever. Uh, tell yourself whatever you need to tell yourself to get oh, through the Oh, the door day. is Whatever you need to get through the day. That's for damn sure. Fine, whatever. We'll see. Won't Especially we? when the King's Man doesn't come out and you have to you have to air Zola and it's 4.84 million. It's fine. Come on, King's Man. Come on, King's Man. Who plays the King's Man? Uh, Colin Firth. He's the king. Okay, not what I asked. Who plays the king's man? I, I don't He's not the king. How he's was king, he? What, what king was it? King George? The king's speech? That was Colin Firth, right? Oh, you were trying to make a joke? No, because he's in the movie, The King's Man, as well. Yeah. See. Here, you can watch the levels now. I'm handing your computer what back. What a strange franchise. <clears throat> like, the Kingsman, the king's... So, this is the third one in a series. I have no idea the who that is. The third one? There was the Kings, the Kingsman, (laughs) the Kingsman, there's the Kingsman's like secret service or something. Oh, right, right, right. And now there's the King's man. And I have no idea who the the lead in this is. Uh, It's the same guy. Okay, Kyle, I know. 
I don't know his name. King George the Sixth. That's the king in the king's speech. Oh God! Don't get me started on that film. <laughs> Do you like the scene where he puts the balls in his mouth? I you know thank God I don't know what you're talking about because I I try to block that I don't remember that they're like they're not marbles they're something like we big, said balls so bigger than marbles yeah they're like is they're that huge, the gay porn you watch like metal balls and he puts them in his mouth to like Do you like the scene when he puts the balls in his mouth well, is that the gay porn you watched <laughs> I didn't watch gay porn okay well oh yeah. No, Mom. I stumbled across this accidentally. The Golden Circle was the sequel. What did I say? The Secret Service? That's it's the first one. Kingsman's The Secret Service. Oh, for a first film to have a subtitle. Taron Edgerton. Wait, what? He's the he's the main character. Wait, hold on. He can't be... He, he, he cannot be Edgerton? in the new one. What? He can't be in the King... Taron Edgerton is not in the King's Man, though, is he? Oh, I don't know. I'm talking about the first one. That's right. Did they go... Why can't he be in the third one? I feel like it would be a bigger deal. Not that Taron Egerton's that big of a deal. I mean... So, okay. So, he's the main character in the first one. Hang on. Let okay. me find... Oh. Maybe Sequels. this one oh, it's a prequel. better than the last. The Kingsman is a prequel. Film serves as a prequel oh, Christ to Almighty. the Kingsman's The Secret Service and Kingsman uh, The Golden Circle. Should have looked this up before we drafted. The Golden <laughs> Circle. Is that the gay porn you watched? <laughs> okay, that's about enough of that. <laughs> uh, Ray Fines. You ever peed on anybody? Huh? Have you ever peed on anybody? The Golden Circle? Is that what you call it? Oh, of course, yeah, yeah. Ray Fiennes is in The King's Man? Here. Oh, Tom Hollander. I thought it said Tom Holland for oh, a second. baby, baby. Is that his name? Tom Holland? Tom Holland Zendaya. Thoughts on their relationship? Uh, Ray Fiennes. Uh, Not right? Uh, Aaron, Aaron Taylor Johnson is in this. Mm. Stanley Tucci is in this. Golden Globe winner. Oh, chef. Um, Charles Dance. Oh, that guy. Uh, Demon Hansu, Daniel Brule, um, Matthew Good, Reese Efans. Is, oh. is that how you pronounce his name? Sure. Uh, Gemma Arterton. So quite the cast. Yeah. That's going to make so much money. The Gemma Arterton fans are going to come out in force on opening week. Why are we talking about this? Because I drafted it. It was originally supposed to come out in November 2019. The Gemma Arterton fans are going to come out in droves on opening weekend. Absolutely. Speaking of... Gemma Arterton? No. Opening weekend? Is that the gay porn you watched? <laughs> You'll, I'll never tell. I'll never tell. What movie? I have no idea what that is, and thank God for that. It was that... Uh, I think it's What Lies Beneath. Oh, I've seen it, of course. Am I thinking of the right movie? I don't know. I Somebody sings that? Uh, you know what I would love to do? Michelle I, Pfeiffer. Isn't she, like, in the bathtub and, like, it's, like, horror movie and... Yeah, she sings that. I don't know. I saw it, you know, one time. What Lies Beneath made so much money, by the way. 
that was such a huge movie. Was I, it? Yes. That I, I I believe that What Lies Beneath is in the top ten of the. Oh no! Year. It's. Don't say a word. What the <laughs> hell is that? Michael Douglas is in this movie. Who else? I'm confusing this with What Lies Beneath. Don't say a word. Um, I don't know who it is. Let's see. Oh, it's Brittany Murphy. Oh. Oh. Did you watch the doc? What doc? What happened, Brittany Murphy? No. no. Did you watch it? No. I will. Well. She was murdered. Suffice to say, she was murdered. <laughs> Haven't watched the doc yet. But We're off suffice to a, a say, rollicking Suffice to today. say, she was murdered. Haven't watched the doc yet, but <clears throat> suffice to say. All right. Let's get into it. It's okay. time, ladies and gentlemen. For the reason for the season. Is that how you say it? Yeah. What do you mean? For a second, I thought it was the... Yeah, no, you're right. Okay. I had you the know, wording mixed up in my head, even though it's your catchphrase. The season for the reason? I thought it was the, the reason of the season. Reason f- But for, it's reason, no, reason for, for the for season. reason for the season, yeah. This guy doesn't... Do you call it autumn or fall? Ooh, wow. Are you an great. autumn guy? Wow, that is honestly such a great question. Obviously fall. <laughs> <laughs> what do you say? Oh, I'm a big autumn guy. No, you're not. Nobody says autumn. <laughs> oh. What's your favorite season? Um, um, I'd go with autumn? autumn. Autumn is probably number one. What is with people who name their kids autumn? Is that a name? Of course. Ottoman? <laughs> the Ottoman Empire? <laughs> no, people name... People... Oh, I can't get off on this name tangent. No, you cannot. Um, but it's <clears throat> weird when people name a kid with the hope that they will grow into being the name. What season makes for the best name? Well, aren't there only... I mean... We got summer. Right. And we got autumn. I don't know any kids named fall. I like the idea of a kid named winter. Oh, I know people named winter. I know somebody named winter, but it's W-Y. Ugh. Yeah. Winter? <laughs> what it up? <laughs> Were you a fan of the Gwen Stefani solo career? And what has happened to Gwen Stefani with the Blake Shelton marriage? Is Gwen Stefani QAnon? Where did you? How did you get here? Winter. You said winter. The Gwen Stefani song "Winded Up." Winded up. Oh. You don't know "Winded Up." No. Wow. Why would I know that? I don't know. It's a seminal song for. Maybe I'd recognize it if you played it, but. Winded up. That's not gonna do it. Okay. Should we get to it? Yeah. So. So. Edgar Wright. Yeah. Uh, so we we talked about it already in the box office, but um, <clears throat> Last Night in Soho came out this past weekend. It sure did. The newest feature film from Edgar Wright, the one, two, three, four, five, sixth movie from our boy Eddie. And guess who watched all six this week? You? Of course. Wow. 
I am an Edgar Wright completist, so I have also seen all six. Not all this past week, but yep. Um, you know, severe depression will do that to you. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's good for you. Thank you. <laughs> um, how to get into this? So I, I think we get into it this way. Edgar Wright. Prior to Last Night in Soho, and even after, is a director who, in my mind, has had a very sort of specific audience. And he's, he's sort of a singular force, right? This, this guy who writes all of his own stuff, sometimes co-writes, <laughs> and directs all of his own movies, mostly pretty, um, original properties. I think you can make a pretty similar comparison to, say, a Wes Anderson type in terms of what in terms of being a singular person in terms who's of who's doing their own stuff in terms of writing and directing their own movie and having kind of a signature style that is pretty easily recognizable maybe not quite interesting. as specifically See, as west the style but. the style i don't know i i don't know oh, we said this during the uh during last week like when i watch a wes anderson movie it takes two seconds. Of course, to like know that. Yes, one hundred percent. I don't. I'm not sure. I would watch Last Night in Soho and then watch Hot Fuzz and think that the same guy made them. True. Um. But I feel like part of that is because Last Night in Soho is a little bit of a different. But even like Baby Driver, we're gonna get into all these. But even like Baby Driver, you watch that. I'm not sure that the same person even like made like Scott Pilgrim. I probably wouldn't connect those dots if you didn't tell me. Okay, but once you – if you do – yeah, you're right. It's not immediately recognizable in that sense. Yeah. But there's a very clear style and creative force behind it. Sure. That's, that's – well, not necessarily um, – you know, might not necessarily be a blink test type. A what? A blink test. Like no, blink and you know it's who directed this. In the blink of an eye. Blink test? Yeah. I've never heard that. I just made it up. You... <laughs> so you said, with all the confidence in the world, you know, the blink test. That's the thing. And I'm like, huh? No, I didn't make it up. It's a real thing. There's a whole book called Blink. Okay. So what, I blink and what? When Hold I on, blink, I'm my Googling eyes are closed. How much test? I blink, my eyes are closed. How would I know what something is if my eyes are closed? Hold on. How to make sure your website passes the dreaded blink test? Okay. What does that mean? Well, see, this—I mean, you just can't trust anybody these days. That's not what I was thinking. Oh, I'm hungry. You hear that? Oh, all right. This is the blink test. When a person comes to your website, they should understand in the blink of an eye what your company does. What? I don't know. But the point of it, you understand the gist of what I'm saying. No. I No, I I, I, I really don't. You can watch Wes Anderson's movie yeah, blink. for a very short period of time in but the blink of an eye blink. and know who directed it. Blink of an eye is also kind of like a, a phrase about the speed in which – Sure. Yeah. 
I get that from Wes, but from Edgar Wright, I I don't think I would. Well, that's what I'm saying. It's not quite that that fast and 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 obvious, sure. but there's definitely a stylistic through line through his work. Sure, and I think that stylistic through line is like music. Um, that's certainly part of it. Yeah, I think. Uh, the editing and in particular the scene transitions There's probably if there's one sure. thing that he has as um what's the word i'm looking for swift no like his oh. his thing his uh, his calling card yeah or something better than that though <laughs> i mean you know i'm trying to help you out here his tick signature sure yes is that is, better? Or I, I'm, thinking I'm of, so hungry. I'm thinking of something like hungry. Yeah. I haven't had dinner yet. Well, why not? I don't know. Why didn't you eat when I went and got pizza? I don't know. I wasn't hungry yet. Oh. Let's be like, I have to go to the bathroom. Why didn't you go before we left the house? I didn't have to go. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. why don't you? I'm hungry. Why didn't you eat two hours ago? I wasn't hungry two hours ago. four minutes into a into a 137-minute podcast anyway, episode. sorry. I'm hungry. I'm just saying I'm looking forward to eating when we're done. So I'm thinking about the, like, the beer pours in The World's End. You know, that is like... I, yes, I get what you're saying. I'm not sure you do. I do, but that... When does that come into play again? Well, there's something like that in nearly all... In, in Name another all. one. No. <laughs> I mean, you know. <laughs> Wait. I can't. Th- that's the one I'm thinking of now. But they all his movies have these kind of scene transition quick edits like that with super close-up things. and. Sure. Yeah. This is a, a signature. It's a director's <laughs> signature. It's a calling card, if you will. Yeah. All right. Let's go back. Okay. So what I was going to say at the beginning of this, I my Edgar Wright going into this week and watching all sort of six of his big movies – I didn't really know how I felt about him. And we'll get into the minutia of it. But I was like, how do I feel about this? Most of these I had seen before. We're gonna, we'll are gonna we talk Scott Pilgrim in a bit. One I had never seen before. The other ones I would all seen previously. And then last night, so obviously saw for the first time. But even going in, I was like, who is this guy, really? He has a fandom. He has sort of like, it feels like sort of a cult following behind him who all really like the stuff he does. And for the most part, I think I was like on board and agree. I'm like, yeah, he seems fine. I like his stuff, <laughs> but let's, let's get into it. Let's oh, find out the, what's he really going on. Fine. But no, but like you look at something like, well, let's just start now. So Shaun of the dead, right? Yes. Is his first big, feature. yeah. First feature, a movie that I had seen once before. Shaun of the dead came out. What year? 2004, 2004. A movie I'd seen only one time prior to this week and thought, I don't know, I liked it at the time. Can I ask you a question? What is with zombies? A good question. Why do why, we... Why do we zombies? Yes. Why do we zombies? I don't really know. I've never been much of a zombie guy. I do not get it. Why is there so much zombie content what is interesting about a zombie uh, why is there so much what's see it's not what's interesting about the zombies 
it's really showing us okay. more about ourselves. I should have known I wasn't going to answer an answer. <laughs> that is the answer. There's just a they're just a mechanism to get to the you know core <sighs> human elements. You know, I guess survival I guess. and oh, that's really it. It's just like uh, camaraderie, yes. love, oh. isolation, depression. Okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, so Shaun of the Dead, briefly, went in, was like, eh, you know, I don't know. Let, let's check in with Shaun of the Dead. Let's let's check in with Shaun again. Yeah. See how Shaun's doing. Shaun of the Dead is great. Shaun of the Dead is phenomenal. I'm not going to go that far. Well, you should, because it is. I think it, it's just like, it, it just succeeds on every level. It's like, it is... It's very funny. It's very campy. And it's just, it's just, it's a good time. And it's also legit. Like There are like legitimate, like elements of gore and horror that you're like, holy shit. Yeah. It's just, it just works. I'm surprised that you've only, you, you had only seen it once before. This is a movie I've seen quite a few times and, uh, you know, and I've seen, you know, in, in full at least five times. Wow. Plus bits and pieces, you know, yeah. hundreds of times. Yeah. Um, it's it's nearly a perfect movie for what it's trying to do. I don't, you know. It's, yeah, I agree. It's not aiming to be, you know, whatever, Citizen Kane. Yeah. But in what it's doing, it, it achieves pretty flawlessly, I think. It's like. I agree. And. It's simultaneously like sort of poking fun of zombie movies and kind of how, you know, how ridiculous they are, but also like paying homage to, you know, he clearly love Edgar Wright clearly loves zombie movies, sure. and, and that comes across very clearly in the movie, even while they're also sort of poking fun at the elements in a yeah. zombie movie. Yeah, and exactly. It's hilarious and it's it's genuinely heartfelt, um, emotional. Great, just a like, it's a great movie. Yeah, it just works. And so you watch that and you think you have an idea of who Edgar Wright is, perhaps, as a director, right? And so then we go into uh, Hot Fuzz next, right? Yes, 2007, Hot Fuzz. Uh, a little bit, you know, Shaun of the Dead was his first movie, so obviously it's a pretty small budget, but does well. And so then it, this is like a half step up in terms of production. Reteams with Simon Pegg and Nick Frost, who right. uh, you know we will revisit again. You know, frequent collaborators. Uh, I mean, this is a movie that I so Hot Fuzz. I saw in theaters. I remember, and I remember really, really liking when I saw it. Again, only saw it I think for the second time again for this podcast, and I didn't love it as much as I remembered. Yeah, if I'm being honest. It doesn't quite hit all the same beats of Shaun of the Dead. It's not it's it's okay. It's fine. It's a good time. It's it's a good movie. You get a young Olivia Coleman. Yeah. Um it's okay. This is one to me that has a lot of great moments, but and and I like it, but there's I don't love it in that. It's just same. not quite as charming to me. But it's still charming, you know. It like is. It is. And it's still funny. It's just I don't know if it's just the the sort of world that they that create. That's about cops. Yeah, I guess so. Maybe that's it. Yeah. You know, like you're Shaun of the Dead, they're these like 
lovable losers, basically. Yeah, who yeah. are trying to who are just trying to get to like the pub and have a beer. They would love. They would listen to the Popcorn Boys. Those two. Oh, exactly. Absolutely. And then Hot Fuzz. You know, it's it's what? How do I describe? It? I've only Hot Fuzz is is just not as memorable. I agree, and I mean that literally. In that, <laughs> I've seen it. I believe. Yeah. It's just not as singular. Yes, like I can't think of. I didn't watch it this week. I've seen it two or three times. Yeah. Uh, in the past, and, and nothing really sticks with me the way Shaun of the Dead yeah. did. Agree. But still a good movie. But so you watch that, and even so, that's a that's you know, Edgar Wright's second thing. You're like, okay, I get I get this dude right. He's probably just gonna keep doing the same thing forever. Make these sort of like campy comedies right and maybe with all of his friends and great cool so then we get to scott pilgrim versus the world now here's what i want to say about this i have long said Uh that scott pilgrim versus the world is not my culture it's not a movie for me okay now had i ever touched down on the film no. <laughs> never so seen it. had a long-standing opinion <laughs> that you hate this more than anything, having never seen it. I got it, got had it, said it. for years and years and years, I said, Scott Pilgrim vs. the World, it's you know, it's a film not for me. Never seen the film, but just not a film for me. Sure. So I said, all right, this is it. We're doing the Edgar Wright episode. I'm going to sit down. It's finally happening. We're watching Scott Pilgrim. Versus the world. Mm-hmm. I'm happy to say that I was correct. <laughs> Here's okay. what I, this is a okay. This is what I want to say about this movie, and this this falls into a category that not many movies do. I think I understand exactly who this movie was made for. Sure, I understand exactly the audience. I understand the demographic. I get it. I am not that audience. Right. And I am not that demographic. So what I'm saying is if somebody were to come up to me tomorrow and say, my favorite movie ever made is Scott Pilgrim versus the world. I would say, you know what? I get it. I don't agree, but I get it. I think it, it expertly accomplishes what it's trying to accomplish. Yes. I found it to be incredibly obnoxious. Yeah, you're kind of stealing my thoughts as well. I Great. Well, it is undoubtedly an obnoxious movie. These people it is in un- this movie. It is undoubtedly <laughs> very successful in what it's trying to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, my, my only, the only way, I, uh, way in which I differ – Opinion-wise from you on this is I I had never seen it until a couple years ago for the kind of the same reason. I was like, this just doesn't look like uh-huh. my thing. And I watched it a few years ago, and I kind of liked it. Like, I was like, this is obnoxious, but... It's inherently watchable, I think. Yeah. I, I didn't... I, I did sort of, I don't know, enjoy and appreciate the viewing of it. I just, the entire time, I also sort of wanted to die. That makes sense. And I think it comes down to this. Like, I can see anyone – like, the way you said – if someone said there was their favorite movie, 
But if someone also said, I it's, hate this movie, it's my absolute I, least I, favorite movie I, ever I, made, I would get that I too. I agree with both of them. Right. <laughs> it's like, yeah, okay, sure, I get it. It's – this is my fundamental question about this movie. I do not understand if we are supposed to like Michael Sarah in this movie. Mm. He, to me – and it's – God, it just doesn't – just this whole thing. It's kind of the, awful. The casting of this movie just plays into like – Oh, it's perfect. It's Michael Sarah. Yeah. It's Aubrey Plaza. It's <laughs> Anna Kendrick. It's all of these people, right? And it's like – Oh man, it's like we sort of gathered up all of the like most sort of like, yeah, I'm different. <laughs> right. Like, okay, so like, they just fit so perfectly in this world. This is what I respect about this movie. This is the, the, they didn't go half-assed with it. Like, of course, we're going all in. We're picking the exact people. And I'd be remiss, like, I, <laughs> I'm not sure that I knew Kieran Culkin played a gay man in this movie who. And it feels a little bit like a relic of a certain era where, like, his yeah. entire M.O. was, like, he's trying to, like, win over straight men. And you're like, you know, welcome to my experience in college, you know? It's like, it's... <laughs> well, we, I mean, we, this movie came out that's, while you were in college. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. No, I think you're... That's that's kind of what I'm saying, right? right. It's like, it does feel like a relic of, of a certain era. And I'm sure if I saw this movie then, I probably would have liked it a lot more. It is interesting looking back now at a movie of, like, these, like, 20-somethings. And also, another thing to point out. The entire, like, basis of this movie is that Michael Sarah is dating a 17-year-old. Right. And that's the entire thing. And, like, this is another thing with these Edgar Wright movies. There's a moment in almost every single one that makes me uncomfortable. In really? terms of the way they deal with race, sexuality, and like gender, the way they talk, the way they throw around the word like Chinese in this movie is mm. interesting. <laughs> His new girlfriend, you know, she's Chinese. His Chinese girlfriend, she's seventeen. It's a little like, and then like Kieran Culkin. The stuff with sexuality is a little – feels a bit of a bygone era. I don't know that it's yeah. that messy, but it's a little kind of like, okay, all right, okay. But there's stuff in every one of his movies that makes me a little a little uncomfortable. Huh. And it it continues to happen. It continues to happen. Well, yeah, as as we'll move forward here. Oh, well, I'm interested to see. Scott Pilgrim to me, again, <clears throat> it's not for me. I'm not even saying it's a bad movie. It's just, it's not. It's, it's one the, of the most obnoxious movies ever made, and that might be a compliment. Oh, I could never watch it again. I would like to watch it again. You, I just, like I said, not for me, but it's 10 out of 10 on what it's trying to do. It's very specific. It's very specific. And the characters and are and very not, specific, and the an costumes indi- are very specific, and the style and the editing is very specific. Yes, it's it. I, and I've never read the graphic novel. I think fans of the graphic novel enjoy the movie. I think it was a successful adaptation of it. Like, great. Just not. It's it's that rare movie where it's like, I know that what I'm watching, I just know it's not my thing. If it is your thing, I'm sure you love it. And it's not an indictment on, on anybody who does. In like a way, it. very similar to how I felt about uh, Titan. 
<laughs> oh, Titan. This is uh, I am way more of a Titan fan than this. This is Pogo. succeeding in exactly what it's trying to do. Interesting. I'm just not into it. Interesting. I find it deeply unpleasant. Interesting. Okay. All right. Yeah, Scott Pilgrim. <laughs> but I'm not. I can't deny the the. Uh, artistic commitment and yes. successful Interesting. version of what they're trying to do. It's just, you know, it's not, I think that's exactly I'm right. I'm not enjoying myself. I think here. that's exactly right. But so, so you go from those two sort of, uh, I don't know, not not broad comedies, but these sort of like, you know, two comedies with sort of the same cast and and sort of similar same style, sort of yeah. comedic style. Yeah, right. you go to Scott Pilgrim. You say, okay, this is something new interesting what's next right from this guy um and then we get to the world's end 2013 the world's end the third of the uh, this, yeah, what do I, we call these the, the pegaverse there's something the, there's something they actually there like title, put into right? each of the yeah. movies there's something trilogy i forget what it is yeah me too uh hang on it is the damn it where is it while he's looking this the up three flavors cornetto trilogy the cornetto trilogy that's right yes so not only is Simon Pegg the star of these three, uh, and we say these three, I mean The World's End, Hot Fuzz, and Tron of the Dead, he also co-wrote them with Edgar Wright. Yes. And then Edgar obviously directed. So The World's End. And Nick Frost is the co-star in all of them yes. as well. Yes. The World's mm-hmm. End, you want me to go first? Yes. I'm interested, because we were texting a little bit. I was texting you when I was watching this, and you said that I have thoughts. I do have thoughts. Okay. Well, what did you text me about it? I don't remember. Do you remember? No. What did I say? You you would basically watch the first half of it up to that point, and you were like, "I'm loving this." And okay. that and that. See, when when I say I love something, and you say I have thoughts, that makes me very nervous. Well, no, you shouldn't be very nervous because okay. the world's end is, uh, and this is a a theme that we hit on many times in this podcast. It's about at least twenty minutes too long. Okay, agree. But also, should, should we talk about what happened? Well, yes, yes, the yes. World's End? Okay, The World's End, first of all. Because this is actually perfect based on, on my thoughts on the movie. Interesting. Well, The World's End, a movie I have seen before. Uh, I was watching it on Peacock where it was available to stream. I made it about halfway through. I'm like, yeah, I'll finish I'll finish The World's End tomorrow. I go back. This is on Halloween. November, uh, uh, Jesus. October 31st. <laughs> I go back November 1st. It's gone. Wow. It has left Peacock in the month of November. <laughs> so you didn't did, check one of those articles of what's leaving? Uh, what's leaving Peacock? Yeah, I, I didn't. Yeah, yeah. This month, I, I didn't check. Uh, so I wasn't able There's to. There's a whole industry that survives solely on it, what's coming to Netflix well, this month. What's leaving Hulu this month? Well, like, well you know, just thousands of articles a day. Well, you know, you know what the best is. I I I did this the other day. I search best movies on Showtime. Right. Sure, as one I, does. I click on some article. Like, what is this website? I'm sure that they get <laughs> – if you can get to the top of that, like, search, whatever that's called, search. 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 Yeah. Of, like, best movies on Netflix, best movies on Peacock. Right. You're you're in the Hollywood Hills. What kind of maniac Googles best bits? Just, just go to the app and no. flip around. See, you know what? I get what you're saying. <laughs> it's either you look for a specific movie and you find out what streamer it's on, or you just go to the streamer no, and bounce is, around. The Showtime one is specific because as, Showtime anytime. <laughs> as you know, I signed up for a free 30 day trial of Showtime so I could watch 
one of these movies. Scott Pilgrim, probably? I think so. Um, And so the other night, I was, like, looking for something to watch. And I was like, well, you know, I only have, like, I have, like, 25 days left with Showtime. So let me see what I can watch here that maybe I can't watch anywhere else and whatever. So I, yeah, I searched best movies on Showtime. I think that makes sense. I'm trying to maximize my time. Okay. And, like, the, the looking around, I actually, I enjoy... And it's also why this podcast is nice. I enjoy just making a decision and not having I'm the other to... way around. I, uh, I, nothing better than just flipping through some stupid streaming app and just like adding twenty movies to my watch list. But then you I'll don't watch them. Never go back and no. This is it's, it's more enjoyable than actually watching the movies. I get sometimes. that. As... Oh, sometimes. I mean, I get that as well. Obviously, I mean. Every single day of my life is 15 lists are in play. But what, like, there was something nice about that, like, searching best movies on Showtime and then sc- just literally scrolling on some website called, like, whattowatch.net. And I'm, like, <laughs> scrolling. I'm, like, okay, the first thing that I see here that I want to watch, I'm going to watch. That's just going to be the thing. And that's why I started watching Boogie Nights the other night. Yeah. And well, have go. never been happier, obviously. Um, I watched Boogie Nights recently and about... Mm, two thirds of the way through. Oh, my DVD started skipping and oh, stuff. Where right. I could watch the rest. I have I owned a... it on DVD. I watched the DVD for the first front for the first time in five years, and also it started skipping. And we were saying finish. this, but I think the Boogie Nights watch also helps because I think we're probably going to do a Paul Thomas Anderson episode when uh, Licorice Pizza comes out later this month. Correct. But I have a big later this month. Yeah, it's November. Yeah, I think Ooh, so. Yeah, I haven't looked at the calendar in a bit. Um. Well, we'll talk about it then. But I realized something in watching Boogie Nights. I think we, I think this is a little teaser. You and I have maybe been to one of the filming locations in Boogie Nights together. And I will leave it at that. That's a teaser. Am I right? Absolutely no clue. Have not looked it up. I have no idea what you're talking about. But it looked like someplace we've been together. And I'll leave it at that. Huh. Uh, All right. Well, in, in the midst of that story, I looked up your text to me. Oh, about God. the world's end. I am currently in the middle of the world's end, not to give too much away, but I love this movie. I love this movie. I think the world's end is great. Well, look, here is my whole thing. And I looked up the runtime. It's only an hour and 49 minutes. So is it 20 minutes heavy? Probably. But... They all need to come out of the end because the first half of this movie, the first hour plus. They of all this need movie, what to come out at the end? They need to come out of the end of the movie, the 20 minutes that we're cutting. Oh, sure, 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 sure. So the first half of this movie, the first hour plus of this movie is great. It's I'm so all in. It's good. like perfect. It's so good. And then I, the. I do agree with you, yeah. And then the robot reveal and their like first fight, great. Yeah. And then the paranoia following that, great. But the part you didn't get to is where it kind of – I have seen before. But yes, yeah. yes, yes. But the ending of this movie is, is very drawn out and like – Yeah. I hate the last like 15 minutes. Yeah. It's, it becomes – I agree. And again, I, how do you end a movie like this sure. in an in a exciting way? But like they end up at the last bar and like all the robots are there and it's like this spaceship light on them and this voice just kind of talks to them for a while. It's, yeah. 
it's I it's just not an enjoyable ending of the movie. What's funny to me is when I was watching this again, I thought I kind of just want to watch a movie about these friends. Yes. I don't That's know it. that I need all of this other stuff with the robots and the right. sci-fi and all this. I'm like, these actors are so good. When I say, like, this ensemble. Yeah, like, it's great. Simon Pegg, to me, has never been better than this movie. I thought he's, I think he's so perfect. And I need to look up. Hold on. I cannot believe I'm forgetting his name. One of, Freeman. One of the five. Um... The one who, the one whose name I wouldn't know at the top of my head, which is right, right. The wait, the the older guy. Wait, I mean, oh, I guess they're all so supposed to be about the same. He's age. in Happy Go Lucky. Oh my God. You're talking. Uh, this is here. Eddie Eddie Marzen. Eddie Marzen. The I and I, I when I saw this because I saw this in theaters the other time I saw it he gives this little speech I'm sure maybe you remember when they're at the bar and his bully comes up yes yes he has so a 30 second monologue in that movie that is <laughs> whoa the saddest thing it's really really it good unbelievable you're like holy shit when he talks about the fact that his bully who we know is like a robot now like the saddest part about is that he him, didn't even he recognize didn't, me didn't, yeah didn't, it's, oh, it's so good. Unbelievable. But the cast is just great. Martin Freeman's great. Simon Pegg's great. It's it's a really fun movie. Also, I fucking want to go into pub crawl so bad. Oh, 100%. I, that, that crawl in that movie. Like, if the movie is my had just dream. been like them as fr- If there was no sci fi element and it was just their pub crawl and like their friends. And, and eventually they, they bond over something organic instead of yeah. fighting robots or whatever. I know. It'd be great. I agree. And it's still great. And and to be fair, the best part of the movie might be that first time when you're just – In the bathroom? Like, yeah. yeah. And you're just like, wait, what the fuck? I like know. it's such a great moment because there's no hint that any of this None. is coming yeah. until then. And, and all of a sudden just all hell is broken loose and it's just yeah. a phenomenal movie moment. It's so good. Um, But then, like I said, it, it becomes almost – I agree. You lose a lot of their – you know camaraderie and, and history yeah. and friendship when it becomes just kind of about fighting, I agree. fighting the robots or whatever. I agree, I agree with you, but I, I still think it's a it's a pretty great so I, movie. I definitely don't like it as much as Shaun of the Dead, but... I would probably put it a, a slight notch below Shaun of the Dead. Yeah, like the, I think Shaun of the Dead kind of keeps that vibe... Kind of or perfectly throughout, whereas yep. the world's end loses me in the last third of the movie. I think I think Shaun of the Dead's best moments, honestly, might be at the end. Yeah, towards the end. Right. Yeah. That yeah, that's when the real kind of emotion of that one yeah. comes out. So again, we watch this movie, and this is coming after Scott Pilgrim. So this gets sort of back to his roots a little bit, working <laughs> with the same people. And you're like, all right, I feel like I know who this guy is. And then we head towards. Something that he didn't end up directing. So in between... So the next movie he actually directs is Baby Driver. But in between The World's End yeah. and Baby Driver, Ant-Man comes out. And and Edgar Wright was originally hired to write and direct Ant-Man. And eventually, when the kind of corporate Marvel portion of, of the Disney production decided that they wanted to 
changed the story that he wrote for it. Basically, uh, he ended up dropping out. Yeah. And uh, and this is one of those. This has happened a bunch with you know Marvel or or DC movies or whatever, where they they choose this kind of you know writer director type that has a great track record that people love. And they're like, all right, here, are the, you know, here are the keys to to this franchise movie. And then yeah. they kind of like see, they get like the script, and they're like, this doesn't like, it, understandably, it may not fit in the kind of bigger universe that they're sure that they're blowing out, and it's led to a lot of kind of tension between these these franchise studios and individual directors, especially one like Edgar Wright, who writes and directs nearly all of his stuff. Yeah, everything other than Scott Pilgrim has been an original story. Yeah. So he ended up leaving. Um, and then his next movie is 2017's Baby Driver. Baby Driver is an interesting movie to look back at. Oh, boy, is it ever. It only came out four years ago. But, man, has the world changed in those four years. And there might not be a better example of, like, something that could not have aged quicker than Baby Driver. Just, I mean, specifically in terms of the cast, of course. First of all, do you remember that we saw this movie together? Did we? We did. I did not remember that. Arclight Hollywood. May she rest in peace. Ugh. We saw it together. Man, we've known each other that long, huh? Okay, it came out four years ago. I know, ago. but like I just said, this movie has aged very quickly. <laughs> it feels like it came out 24 years ago. I know. Yeah, I mean, okay. So, for many, many reasons, and I have a lot to say about this movie, and we don't need to get into all of it because this came out four years ago, but as you alluded to the cast, Ansel Elgort, the titular baby driver. Baby. 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 Which is... Uh, uh, you know, in, in what the best year or two years has sort of revealed to be, uh, sort of a creep. I mean, who the hell knows, but he's been accused of, he was accused of a serious allegation by at least one person and kind of yeah. quasi corroborated by other Right where did he have? Yeah, I feel like other people on Twitter said like, "Yeah, hey, he kind of did the same thing to me." Is that yeah. the star of uh, West Side Story? So hopefully we can forget about that for the next couple months <laughs> and then really bring the hammer down because I need those box office numbers. Now, obviously, the biggest example in this one, you know, is Kevin Jamie Spacey. Fo- oh, is yeah. the? <laughs> I mean, basically, your your two leads are are Kevin Spacey and. Ansel Elgort. I did not remember how much of a lead Kevin Spacey was in this movie until I watched it again. Yeah? Yeah. I thought he was like a very much a supporting player in my head. Mm. So to go back and watch this movie where, I'm sorry, after everything everything we know now, I think like I've kind of always known. Like there were even like whispers back then, but like... Everything we sort of know to be true now about Kevin Spacey, I guess allegedly, but like, uh, where we see him effectively seducing Ansel Elgort and calling him, that's my baby. B-A-B-Y? He says, that's my baby. So many times, you're like, (laughs) 
this is really uncomfortable to watch. <laughs> this man who has been accused of like, like harassing and drugging and seducing and all like underage, underage men being the key. to yeah. be like, that's my baby to this like baby faced Ansel Elgort. It's like really unsettling. And it makes like, a, it makes for a very uncomfortable viewing experience. Yeah. I, I think there's obviously this is something as movie lovers that you've kind of had to think about in recent years with, with, you know, some of the people who have been accused of these horrific things and, or convicted of or whatever. Sure. You know, and like growing up, Kevin Spacey was one of my favorite actors. It was like a big, sh- big fan of the shipping news. Oh, K-Pax. Come on. Of course. I saw K-Pax in theater. <laughs> what is the, uh, pay it forward. Pay it forward was a big moment for me. And so the, okay. Reason by that. I, I don't know. Pay it forward. Helen Hunt, Haley Joel Osment. What's the gist? He pays it. Does so, he pay it forward? Somebody's a burn victim. <laughs> <laughs> no, there's a, there's a <laughs> something like that. That's a good description of the movie. And somebody's you, a burn victim. And then you gotta be nice. You gotta pay it forward. <laughs> but going back and watching some of these movies, and some of them, you know, maybe they're old favorites or whatever. There's like. It can be hard, obviously, and and I yeah. think different people are are you know kind of view them differently, and some people are able to watch it out and just kind of remember this movie that they love. It's like, all right, yeah, Kevin Spacey's in it, and he was creep, and he's probably a creep at the time, and but I still love this movie, and I still love his performance. That's in it. my baby. But a movie that's a little more recent that maybe you've only seen once before, and that he's kind of being creepy like that well here's my thing with this is, is it going to be a tougher sell than say going back and watching like i can go back and watch the usual suspects and i can kind of divorce sure. the idea that like what makes person. this easier for me is that i don't know if you remember this i didn't really care for this movie upon first viewing yeah um and i liked it even less upon second and sort of the stuff that we're talking about certainly didn't help but even without that, I just don't know that it's a particularly great movie. There's a lot to admire in it, I think, but it's just, I don't know that I really enjoy it that much. And another, like, like we were, like I was saying about, uh, sort of the stuff that makes me tilt my head when it comes to Edgar Wright. Like I'll say the word just to say the word, but the word retarded get said in this movie like 20 times. Really? Yeah. They like call baby like the R word multiple times. And then it gets replayed because if you remember, he like makes these tapes. Right. And that, then he plays the tape again. And it's all in the vein of like, oh, these bad guys are like making fun of this kid who was like, quote unquote, oh, he's slow. Is he like retarded? And it's like, what the fuck? What are you doing? Hmm. Every single one of his movies, there's something where I'm like, and even in the world's end, didn't even say this, like Simon Pegg does this like multiple times, at least once, but I think twice does this sort of like gay impression of like, oh, is he a bit doffed? Like, they're like, oh, don't do that. Like, he like does this like gay voice thing. Mm. And like, well, do we need that? 
Okay. There's always something that makes me like, what's happening I mean, that here? Feels... What's happening here? Well, all right. In the world's end, at least, that feels fitting to that character. I don't I don't need it, though. I don't need it, though. I don't need... I, I, we, I, we, okay. <laughs> I, I don't need you making fun of gay people. I don't care if you're supposed to be the bad guy. Nobody is like, don't do that. Right. I just, it's not, you know. You're I get like, it. Okay. For sure. Great. Cool. Great. Um, I did not rewatch Baby Driver for this podcast. So I'm going off my initial thoughts from four years ago. Great. Yeah, I was right next Love to you. Love it. Love <laughs> Baby Driver. <laughs> Love the cast. I remember you really liking this movie. I was into it. I think it's, uh, I, you know, that's. it sounds like an interesting one to revisit that, you yeah. kind of don't want to rewatch, but like it's not I'm fun to watch. To it's not fun to watch, and that's what's true because I think it is a, a fun movie to watch theoretically, if not for the kind of weird context four years later. There's some stuff to admire for sure, but for me, like Lily James, she's great. Whew. Love Lily James, fantastic. She's great. John Ham, John Hamming it up. Okay, one of my questions. Why this is a big question. Why doesn't John Hamm have a bigger movie career? And I thought about this a lot while watching the movie. And I thought about him and then I thought about Brian Cranston as well. Sort of this era of like TV guys, right? Yeah. So John Hamm, obviously, Mad Men if you're whatever. John Hamm, Brian Cranston. We can even talk about somebody like James Gandolfini. We right. could talk about uh I don't know who else is in this. Rami Malek. P- please. <laughs> P- please. But I'm watching this movie. John Hamm is, he's great. Why doesn't he have a bigger movie career? And why doesn't Brian Cranston, although Brian Cranston famously nominated for an Oscar post Breaking Bad for fucking right. Trumbo, Trumbo, one of the worst things. But John, John Sitting Hamm. in that bathtub. John Hamm is or whatever really the hell fun about. in this movie. Yeah, and he's like hot, and he's he's great in the town. He, he is. I think. I I don't really know the answer, but he feels in in big movies, he feels best suited for like, as like a, a character actor. I guess what I'm at. Yes. I guess what I'm asking is how much of that is people not being able to separate John Hamm from Don Draper. Right. Or how much of that is John Hamm is a TV actor. Right. I guess that's the question. I don't know. Is it both? Is it I think it's a bit of both. I I do think it's a bit of both. There's definitely like a – because if if you're doing a serious drama and John Hamm is your lead – if he starts giving any sort of speech or whatever, nobody can not immediately think of Mad Men. So it has but to be why he doesn't to, why sorry, why doesn't that happen with movie actors? What do you mean? Why doesn't that happen with uh, I don't know. Who can I give with Denzel Washington? Why am I not every time oh, Denzel's okay. giving a speech, why is he not Malcolm X? Why is he not I think the answer is volume. Yeah, it's just two because, hours of my life rather than, like, eight years. Right. And, like, I think when somebody – like, I think at this point, 
if you put Robert Downey Jr. in a movie, it might be hard for for some people mm. anyway to kind of distance themselves from his Iron Man a good point. persona. Yeah. And so I think now that because he has now done that for such a long time, it's almost like being on a, a TV show like yeah. that for. That's a good point, but it doesn't. It, it doesn't seem to be happening with, I don't know, like Scarlett Johansson even, who like in the in the midst right. of Avengers was nominated for two Oscars in one year. Like yeah, when it's, I watched it's an Marriage question. Story, I don't know that I saw Black Widow. Right. I wonder if some of it has to do with like, you know, nobody knew who John Hamm was until that's, Mad Men, so that was the that's first another thing, thing, and it was such a huge thing, and he did it for so long. Yep. That now. He has to like to be successful. It has to be very different from from Batman. Yeah, yeah. And like Cranston was known as like a kind of a bit actor in in a ton of things. Yeah. Um, although he was Malcolm in the Middle, Dad. Yeah. Well, right. So that's I mean that's but that almost of... played into his role and you know. Yeah. Exactly. Of course. I don't know. It's interesting. Anyway, John Hamm is great in the movie. <laughs> One thing that I. This always takes me out of movies, and I don't know if it'll be the same for you. But in Baby Driver, Jamie Foxx says to somebody, wow, that's an Oscar-winning performance. So, in Mm -hmm. the context of Baby Driver, the Oscars exist. Yes. So because of that, the actor Jamie Foxx is an Oscar winner. This doesn't bother me. It it takes me out. Not even a little bit. All the time. So we're to believe that the Oscars exist in yeah, Baby Driver. Of but Jamie Foxx, the actor, does not? Uh, he does. It's a, it's a but weird... He, the, his, who he's playing in Baby Driver is not connected to Jamie Foxx. But it's funny to have an Oscar winner say that line <laughs> right, right. in a movie. Yes. That's an Oscar-winning performance. I mean, that's kind of like You the, won an Oscar! Well, that's sort of the wink at the audience there. I don't think so. Yeah, of course it is. I guess. If he it took me out of it. All right. But, like, that's... That's kind of the... You know, someone like Tarantino... Who kind of... You know, we haven't really discussed him on the introduced, podcast, have we? we haven't really And I don't know if he specifically Q. introduced this, but... but the idea of talking See, about pop culture, sure, like actual modern day for for whatever time the movie's being taking place in or being made, pop culture within that movie, and like that was like a revolutionary thing at the time when when in Reservoir Dogs they're talking about Madonna, you know. I don't like it. Oh, that's insane. I don't like it. It. I don't think it's. I, no, I mean, I get, and that's like, but but I I do feel like Edgar Wright is kind of in that sort of realm of of uh he has the similar sentiment of like the Tarantinos and the Kevin Smiths who who Kevin Smith can I say never touched down on that filmography <laughs> I ha- I honestly I haven't as much never either. I know he wears a lot of weird clothes and people like never I'll say it never seen clerks I actually haven't either well, that sounds should, like an episode in, we like, should marathon. February. <laughs> <laughs> marathon every Kevin Smith movie. I would know. We'll get it on some sort of list. I've seen a few of them, but... What's the one, uh... With, uh, Joey Lauren King? Who? Is that her name? 
I didn't hear what he said. Joey Lauren King. Who's that? Joey Lauren King. Joey. God. <laughs> to host a movie podcast. <laughs> Joey I... Lauren Adams. God. How embarrassing. Oh, I was thinking Joey King. I combined I two. think that's why I was confused. Uh, Chasing Amy. Oh, yes. Never, Never seen, seen it. it. Never seen it. Never seen, seen the, never seen the film. I've seen Dogma. Never seen the film. Is that the only one that I've seen? I never got into Kevin Smith, and partially, partially because I never. But anyway, he clearly does. Like that's what Clerks is about. I think they like work at like a movie star store and just like talk about movies. I think I could be wrong about this. I've never seen it. <laughs> uh, who knows? Uh, so but, uh, but Edgar Wright is like. Actually, I was going to mention this, but in Last Night in Soho, at the end of the movie, if you stay for the entire credits, as I do. And you know I did, and you know I hustled out to go to that bathroom, baby. I like – this is one of the things I like seeing at the very end of every movie. There's like – there's usually a – at the very end of the credits, there's a – We've like talked a, about this on the a podcast. A special thanks. Right? You'll, you'll catch a couple names. It always goes by really quickly, but I try to catch – I think in this movie – I think Tarantino was on the list. No, I don't like that at all. I know Sam Mendes was, and there were, like, at least two or three other directors. But, like, oh, Ryan Johnson was on there. And it feels like this is their kind of clique of directors where they, like... Wow, cool. Sounds really... Sounds like a fun group. They have their, like, screenings or whatever when they have the rough cut, and they, like, show them for each other. And I've heard stories from some of these directors how they kind of do this with... And that, you know, I don't know who's in this group, but it feels like a thing that I don't name another straight white man. I'm sure he'll be there. (laughs) Like, I know, I I think, like, Christopher Nolan, I think. Oh, well, I'm sure he's there. I'm sure he's there. Who did, I think when I saw Dune, I think Denny Villeneuve had some directors listed on his. I'm always fascinated to be like, who is he? Who are these directors showing their movies to? God forbid they show something to Jane Campion. (laughs) Be like, scrap this whole thing. Oh, Jane. All right. Should we get into it? I think it's time. Now, there's an elephant in the room here. An elephant in the room. We did not see this movie together. And yet we both went to the $7 Tuesdays at the Landmark. Back-to-back showings. (laughs) Well. We were ships in the night. I was wondering if I was going to see you on my way out. I know. Sadly, no. And so Daniel had to watch the Red Wings. <laughs> I, I, Kyle said, hey, we should go to the, whatever, 440 showing. And I said, you know what? I'm going to have to pass. I have to watch my beloved Detroit Red Wings play. And then I will go to the movie after that. I watched them lose three to nothing in one of the worst hockey <laughs> games I've ever seen and said, well, that was a mistake. And went to see it by myself at 7.30. See, and I would... 7.30 is too late. It, you know? You're telling you're telling me, brother! <laughs> I mean, when did you get home? You couldn't have gotten home before 10. It, it is... You know what? It's so interesting. What am I, staying up till midnight to watch this movie? It is such an interesting phenomenon. There is a different energy at night at the movies, which is something that most people know. But, like, we go to the <laughs> movies at, like, 4. And so... We go when I'm at this nighttime movie. It's like people are there's people. Yeah, this there's is an a horror energy. movie. Oh yeah, there's an energy to the crowd. There's people sitting around me. Didn't like that. Mm. Um, but yeah, seven thirty felt like I was seeing a movie. Felt like it was a midnight show. To be honest, yeah, felt so late. There were other cars in the parking lot. 
Didn't love that. And it, I felt a little untethered being there without you, I will be honest. Didn't like, feel didn't feel right. It felt like I was doing something wrong. It felt like I was cheating on you. It felt like I was like something I don't know, it felt wrong. It didn't feel like I was at the landmark even. It felt like I was just like <laughs> Didn't feel when you right. were driving over there, you didn't have anyone yelling at you that oh you're going the wrong God. way. It's you're just... going the wrong way. <laughs> you should turn here. It's faster. So are we tethered together like in the movie Us? Oh, God. I would love that. That's my impression. The... That It was not good. Nailed it. So last night in Soho. <clears throat> okay. This. Um, uh, we have not talked about this. Yeah, I know. I. I'm interested to see where you're going here. Well, I'm interested to see where you're going. Who's going first? Let's say it at the same time. All right. Initial thoughts on in three, two, one. It was mostly a mess. really liked it, but <laughs> had some issues. Okay. I was okay. I'll go. I was <laughs> on the mostly liking it train mm. for a while. I think the premise is really good. I like the style of it. I was on board for a bit. And man, I don't know. In like the third act, let's say. Yes. It really became very messy and like very unfocused for me. And I just like, it lost me. Okay. Uh, I saw... (laughs) I saw online today somebody say, who let Ryan Murphy guest direct this Edgar Wright <laughs> oh, no. movie? And I said, you know what? Ugh. A little American Horror Story-ish. It's very, like, off the rails. Yes, it certainly goes off the rails. I, um, I ultimately, I, I, I didn't love it. Yeah. I, I, th- there's some merit to it, obviously, but... <laughs> so I kind of feel similarly to my, how I thought about the world's end where I was really into it for a while and then like you said kind of the second half I didn't like as much and particularly the the sort of final act I was out on. Yeah. Um but I don't want to like jump into the the issues I have with it without Sure. First mentioning how much I loved a lot of the things at the beginning. Sure. Like, the opening of the movie is great. The, it's that, um, uh, Thomas and Mackenzie, like, dancing in her kind of homemade newspaper dress. Well, and that song should, that, that song should be retired from movies. What song was it? In Kissing. And love them. <laughs> That's used in the credits famously to my best friend's wedding. Should never be used again. Oh, ever boy. again. It's a perfect use of a song in a movie. So copycat much, but go on. Um, the Just the whole style of what they were doing early on before it got – before the dreams became like nightmares uh-huh. was like pretty delightful. I um, agree. You have you know, this fashion student in London – who is clearly inspired by the 60s. Trying to make it work. And then is having dreams about this character in the 60s and her fashion and what she's trying to do and before things kind of, you know, revealed to have gone downhill. Did you ever watch Project Runway? Yeah. How many years? 
Uh, I watched like three or four seasons. I think cla- like religiously. Oh yeah, good classic Project Runway is is all I think almost as good as like reality competition has ever been. Oh yeah, I agree actually. Yeah. It's one of the best reality shows yeah. ever made. Um. Nina Garcia. <laughs> yeah. Great job. Michael Kors. Hello, designers. Who's that? Michael Kors. Oh, okay. Hello, designers. Hello, designers. That's my Tim. Oh, okay. Look who's do look who's doing his Simon Pegg in the world's end. Uh I'm just I'm doing an impression of someone's voice. No, that's not what he sounded like. Yes, Ho- it is. Hello, designers. <laughs> <laughs> I had to stop watching the new season. Bye, Swatch. Remember Swatch? The <laughs> oh dog at the fabric store? Do you think Swatch has passed? <laughs> oh, God. I hope not. Um, I I started watching the new season, which is like it, – it's essentially – I haven't watched this, this in years, but there was, yeah, I, I like, wa- there was like a four-season stretch where I watched like every episode with oh, a whole group so of good. us. And we watched so, all together. So, so good. But I uh, – yeah, the new season, like there's – so now there's no host, and now Christian Siriano is like the Tim Gunn, mm. and then the the judging panel is Nina Garcia, Brandon Maxwell, uh, who else? Somebody else, and they have a guest. And I it's I, I stopped watching in episode two because this like this like white woman was trying to give the like she was fighting with this designer about like appropriation and it's like this isn't this is too I, this is too much I just, that sounds I miserable it was pretty bad michael kors was such a good judge oh so good god i love pressure runway great show remember when heidi and tim and i think it i think they're it's a new season they have their own designing show on amazon now oh yeah what the hell i know they spun it off anyway who's your favorite in Designer, what? on Project Runway, yeah. in the seasons that I watched, I think I started watching right after Christian Siriano's season. Yeah, um, I'm trying to remember who my favorites were. I can't. I couldn't name. Couldn't name a soul. I think. I think maybe. I don't know if it was the first season I watched, but I remember Gretchen. One one of the Gretchen seasons. She was like the, of, she was the worst, but she was one she was pretty of good. The greatest reality show villain. <laughs> um Anya, I think, one season. Taylor Joy, yeah. This was this she like couldn't actually sew, but she was so she would just like drape everything, but she was very good at what she did. Vaguely remember <laughs> that. Vaguely remember that. She was like smoking hot girl from like yeah. Trinidad or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yes, of course. <laughs> oh, she. Oh, yeah, I remember. Yeah, yeah. She was great. She's like, well, I can't sew, but. <laughs> and she ended up winning. But she, but she was awesome. Like, all the stuff she made was really good. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, anyway. Yeah, that was Project Let's Runway. Let's go back to Anya Taylor Joy. 2009. Anya Taylor Joy. I wanted m- her to have more to do, I think. Yeah. Like, I, she was. She's fascinating, and like, she, obviously, she's playing an important role, but it it kind of becomes sort of one beat after a while. Yeah, I mean, she barely speaks. Right. She tries to dance. It was very Are clear. Are we to believe she's a good dancer? Um, 
Yes, she did okay, but it was very clear that to me that Thomas and Mackenzie cannot dance. <laughs> they I mean, like we're gonna they cut around that. I'm sure we're gonna you, have uh, to get into it. Of course, we're gonna have to get into the Thomas and Mackenzie of it all. I... Anyway, this movie eventually kind of gets when it gets into the like the horror aspects where we're going full steam. Mm-hmm. Um, it becomes pretty repetitive, I think. And the sort of spoiler alert-ish reveal at the end is a bit... I don't really care. Yeah. Um, it's fine. I, I didn't like... Honestly, my biggest... One of my biggest gripes about this movie was the... Vicky gripes. What? One of your Vicky gripes. Isn't it crepes? Yeah. Okay, sorry. Vicky gripes. Okay, got it. Was the the um, nightmare all like the men, the nightmares oh. of all the men, just didn't look cool. They no. were like these shadowy, like weird face, terrible things. I just wasn't like it wasn't really. They weren't really scary looking, but they also weren't like. Interesting. They, they were just kind of just. It looked like I was watching the first cut of the movie, like before the special effects were put. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a good way to put it. I was like, "What?" Because there were scary things that were happening that was kind of cool, but then any time that those guys were like the ones creeping up on her, you're kind of like, eh. "So you talk, you talk about the end of the movie." Here's one of my big pluses: uh, Diana Rigg, God rest her soul. I thought fucking killed this shit. Wait, she dead? Yeah, she's dead. Remember really? At the beginning of the movie, she said, for Diana. Well, I didn't see that. What were she you died? busy doing? You were there by yourself. I watched the credits at the end. Not at the beginning. I don't watch. I don't pay attention to the opening credits. You don't. Oh, my God. You don't see the thing where it says for Diana at the start of the movie. What are you doing? I Eating thought they were talking about Princess Diana. Oh, I did too. Edgar Wright. He's British. I, oh, you know what I said? Oh, truly? I thought about you when it said for Diana at the start of the movie because I was like, I would have leaned over and been like, oh, God, she's so hot right now. Like, <laughs> everybody's talking about Diana. No, Diana Rigg. Who, oh, I didn't know. Uh, yeah. 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 She, she died in September. She died over a year ago. Yeah. She has unfortunately passed. This, this was her was last role. Supposed to come out a while ago, huh? I thought she was great. Oh, that's her? Yes. She's in Game of Thrones. Yes. Oh, my God. Uh, yeah, with the program. Oh. Yes, yeah, she's excellent. I thought she was great. Like, really, really enjoyed her performance. Um, uh, and, sorry. Matt Smith. No. Terrible. Okay. Terrible. Terrible. What? Not just not. None of it worked. No, also, that, how no, old no. is he? Uh, he is for almost 40 and how old is 39? How old are these ladies? Anya's what? Like 23, 24, something like that. (sighs) There's 14 year difference between Anya and Matt. Uh, I think Matt works really well at the beginning. Couldn't have cared less about that character. Couldn't have cared less about any of the men in this movie. And I said that about every movie ever made. But I, I couldn't have cared less about his character. They're, they're, they're like attraction and dance scene totally works for me. When he's coming up and he's, he's like smoking and like. 
I just don't find I've never found him attractive. Interesting. I thought he was attractive in in the beginning of this, but I didn't think that he worked when he became like like I think he works as kind of like an an attractive but like skeezy guy. Sure. But when he became kind of like a nightmare guy, it didn't work for me. Yeah, fair enough. We're going to need to talk about Thomason. Now, we've talked about Thomason on this podcast before. Yes. I loved Thomas McKenzie in Leave No Trace, the movie that she sort of broke out for and from. In the roles I've seen her in since, I have been a little confused. Well, she's excellent in Jojo Rabbit. She is. Jojo Rabbit is a movie I would rather not speak of. Um, She's hilarious and old. Old. She is effectively bad. Everyone is effectively bad in old. Oh, Vicky Cripes. Look at that. Oh, there Vicky you go. Cripes. Oh, it comes from circle. <laughs> um, but, like, they're all kind of supposed to be bad and old. This is what I want to say about you her. You can't blame her for old. Is this, no, I don't. I don't. This yeah. is what I want to say about her. <clears throat> First of all, this movie should have been titled, Oh, no, Thomas and McKenzie is running in the rain again. There is an hour-long stretch where she's just running. I enjoyed it. There is so much running here's my impression of a thomas mckenzie performance uh, I, 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 I don't know uh, well, <laughs> I, I didn't mean to i'm, I'm so scared <laughs> that's what she does in every single movie all movie. This biting her lip sort of thing. I will say, there were portions of this movie where I liked her. Uh-huh. I thought that she sold it in parts of it. And then other parts, I think she can do the, like, small town girl. For sure. Well. When it gets to having to sort of, like, show real kind of, like, horror and emotion... Did not work for me. I think oh. outside of the beginning well, stuff that I liked. I, I don't know. I, I have to. I have to move. Jacosta's Jacosta's being mean and somebody, the Jacosta of somebody it all. stole. Oh my god! What a character! Somebody stole my coke. Here's a question. Remember when she tried to stab Jacosta in the face and <laughs> we just blew past it? <laughs> there, I mean. There's not enough time in the day. <laughs> there, there really isn't. The supporting characters in this movie. You and want yet, to talk about caricatures. Also, you know what I wish this movie, whole movie is about? Jacosta. Oh. Jacosta fucking ruled. Love Jacosta. I... Team Jacosta. <laughs> um, the scene in which Thomason and her... I guess I'm going to say boyfriend-ish go back to her apartment and like she freaks out is a really good scene i absolutely hated it no i you're wrong ab it works mostly because of their face paint actually the because face paint the boyfriend the looks so paint. creepy in his the face paint. that it all just plays into this moment and i think it's really effective has there ever movie been scene. a worse written character than that guy no we but don't even that, know his that name. scene was we great. We know nothing about we know nothing about him. 
and there's like no reason whatsoever for him to like be attracted to her. Well, she's hot. Sure. And she dyed her she dyed her hair blonde. But like his she dyed her blonde. I mean, he's only or sorry, a, a physically attracted to her, but like she doesn't give anything. She's never like playful. It's with actually him. truly there's the like, opposite. Every there's time no he talks flirting to her, whatsoever. Every time he's like, "Hey, Louise," she's like, <laughs> and she's like, she's having, she's in the middle of a fucking meltdown every time he talks to her. And, and then he, he's like, the and next, he's just like supportive and like, oh, even okay, like, I can help even you. Even like the next day in class, like the day after, she like <laughs> essentially is like chasing him out and like sort of like he's like, "Are you accusing me of rape?" The next day they're in the classrooms. He's like, "What's up, girl?" And she's like. <laughs> yeah, he's very like one beat. Um, um. Don't even know his name. Couldn't I'm even here tell for you. His you. Name. There's like he's yeah. He's his like name this, is John. Of course. What we need to talk about here are the and we, the two of us, really don't have any sort of uh, right to discuss any of this. I suppose. Oh, good. But the sexual London pop- fashion in the sixties. <laughs> Oh, God! If I, if I could go back anywhere, it, it would be London in the, in the 60s. Everything was so great then. That's what I love. What the fuck are you talking about? J- if I could go back anywhere, it'd be London in the 60s? That was the best what part about Jocasta. What is wrong with you? Jocasta was like, oh, I'm sure it has a 60s vibe. <laughs> Just... <laughs> I love Jocasta. I love Jocasta. Do you think Jocasta drugged those drinks? Oh, yeah, were we supposed to think so? I don't think so. It was kind of unclear. Why would she? But why, why would she want to drug her? But why would she be buying her a drink who's someone she clearly doesn't like also? I don't know. But also, it, it was like... Those drinks look good, by the way. They, they had the eyeball like, drinks? Yeah, I was like, that's kind of fun. <laughs> but it tastes like shit. Sorry, let's go back to what you were we were discussing. Sexual so, politics, okay, is so that So essentially, said? right, this is where the movie really loses me at the end. So this movie is essentially about what? The sexual politics of, like, a woman who was forced to move to this big city and lose sight of her dreams and have to use her body. And then in the company of all of these men and what all of that means, right? Right. And, like, what the culture surrounding women, uh, particularly in sort of, like, an urban setting, what that does to somebody... Why is Edgar Wright directing this movie? Um, I don't know if I agree with the with the conclusion that you're jumping towards here. What what conclusion? Why not? I guess. I find it weird that he wrote, co-wrote, and directed this movie about these two young women. And so much of it is sort of about, like, the exploitation of their bodies. Right. That, to me, is a little weird. I'm not saying that it's, like... I don't know that it's bad. I just find it to be a little odd. See... How do I say this? I who did, who like did he co-write the movie with? Uh, What is her name? Uh, but it's a woman. Uh, Christy Wilson Carnes is her name. Yeah, gotcha. So the story by him, screenplay by the two of them. 
So essentially, this is his vision, and he brings in. I I I don't know the dynamics of it. Right, right. But story by him, then he brings in a woman to sort of like co-write, help him with some of this stuff. I I, I don't know. I don't know. It just feels a little off to me. I'm not saying it's. I'm not even saying it's bad. I just. I don't know why he wanted to make this movie, and I don't know ultimately what it's supposed to say. Yes, it's sort of uh, the kind of uh, what it's trying to say aspect of it is a little bit half-baked. Yeah. Um, Another movie I've never seen. (laughs) You've never seen Half-Baked? No. Oh, man. I don't... To me, it's not an issue that, like, a man is making this movie, particularly if he's, you know, clearly writing it. I mean, so... I just don't have... I don't think someone has to only make a movie that is kind of directly correlated to their experience. I agree. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I, I complained about, I've complained about with like Paul Thomas Anderson sometimes. Like, right. it's like licorice pizza. It's like, okay. I mean, can't wait to see it, but this sort of like, I don't need to see another coming of age. Like, I don't need to see, you know, an Edgar Wright coming of age movie. That's not what I'm saying necessarily, but like it, I guess I don't know what, what was trying to be said yes i i think that's fair because to me like if he's you know if if they if the movie is not a you know fashion-based story about women it's there's a little bit of damned if you do damned if you don't where if he makes the main characters all men again it's like all right well he keeps Sure. You know, there's a lack of diversity and a lack of of gender diversity. And it's like, all right, well, now he's making this movie where really all the prominent characters are women. And then it's like, well, he's a man. Does he really know how to do this? It's like, sure. Gets a little tricky in in how do you win there. And I think think the issue is that it – not that he did that, that he's making this movie, but that it's – a little bit ambiguous in what it's trying to say. Well, and it's a movie ultimately about how women respond to being like sexually assaulted. To trauma, basically, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. But not saying it's not valid. I'm just I I I guess what I'm saying is I don't know that it pays off. Yes, and I think that's fair. Yeah. Um but it's all like it's it's kind of partially that, but it's partially just like a straight horror movie where like mm-hmm. that doesn't necessarily have to pay off, you know, like that's like the context for the horror, you know? Yeah. I, to me, it's one of those where like the the absolute best of the best sort of horror movies have this kind of deeper, you know, deep-rooted uh, something like the Babadook. Yeah. Where, where it's very clear, again. you know, it's very specific in what it's trying to say, and and obviously something like Get Out, like there's these very obvious, you know, uh, 
it's obvious what it's coming from. It's obvious what it's trying to say. You know, it's making this point. This movie, I feel like, uses this backdrop, or not backdrop, but is using this story not necessarily to, not necessarily to make this point, but as a, you know, vehicle into the horror itself. I guess. Sure. Yeah, I appreciate that. And I'm not, I'm not trying to be some, like, social justice warrior. No. It, like, it, how dare this man make a movie about women? Like, it's an I've, interesting point, though, because I, I was thinking that, too, for a while, where it was just, like, I was kind of surprised that there weren't more, you know, main male characters or whatever. That the entire no, thing I wish there were less. I wish, you know, I wish there were no men in any movie. Okay? <laughs> but, but yeah, I, 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 I don't know. It, it's, it's interesting. I, I just w- – when you – Make a movie like this, at least in my opinion, and it is sort of ambiguous, and I don't feel like it really sticks the landing. It just comes off as a little um, unfortunate, I guess, you know? And like you're saying, this isn't – it's a vehicle for the horror, and I understand that. I just like when you're dealing with topics like that, it almost has to be more nuanced and maybe a little bit more specific than it is. I think it, I, I think it all becomes just completely unfocused and messy at the end. And uh... well, now I'm I'm looking up Edgar Wright's Wikipedia page to see like, so he went to an arts university, Bournemouth. Bournemouth and Poole College of Art and Design. Who's his Jocasta? <laughs> so I, I was wondering if like he grew up in in a in a small town and then like moved to a big city. So that's kind of it seems like basically yes. But right? I don't know, and not well, to be like to think that I don't know. It's like those experiences are so different. What do you mean? Like for a young woman and like for a young man. Oh, of course, but like and then like to, uh, yeah, sure. But it's just it's. I don't know. I don't really care if he did it. Right, but you know he when he I'm just trying to think of like all right, how did he kind of come up with this idea for for this movie? You know, he's sure like all right, you know he's thinking back on his experiences of moving to a big city and it's like all right, well let's let's make it a young woman because then we can add this element of you know you kind of upping the stakes of yeah. the fear and the yeah. I, mean, I mean women being terrorized is kind of the basis of horror movies in the first place yeah and i th- yeah sure and i think that some of that can be a little sensationalized and, uh, uh, for sure you know yeah yeah I don't think it, I don't think it's a crime against humanity, sort of like what he's done here. But it's 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 an interesting a thing crime to talk. against humanity. It's an interesting thing to talk about. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, so we love last night in Soho. <laughs> I didn't hate it <laughs> as much as I didn't love it. I respected um, the kind of look of the movie, the fashion, the the costumes. The just the whole like style of the movie I thought worked really well. It is the strength of of the movie. Yeah. 
Um, there's good music, just like every Edgar Wright movie, which to we, me is a little bit of a crutch, but we don't need to get into that. Well, if you're, I mean, downtown. <laughs> there were a lot of uh, covers of famous songs in this uh-huh. one. He's He obviously just has a great, you know, he's brilliant at like picking these kind of offbeat and uh, yeah, down, songs the yeah, versions of songs yeah, that you that know beat song downtown yeah no i'm talking about mostly the covers of of songs that you know and love and finding these really interesting covers and, and placing them yeah you know he, he's one of the best at at movie soundtracks yeah with using songs that you recognize but not necessarily the versions that you that you know best yeah so i think ultimately it's like when you look at the entire edgar wright canon what i respect is that I never quite know what's coming next. And apparently the answer is The Running Man. Yeah, I saw something about that. I don't know if that's actually going to happen. Unclear. Uh, I don't know that he is necessary. He would not be on my list of like favorite directors, certainly. Well, I think you made that clear. I don't know that his style and aesthetic is necessarily for me, but I respect what he's doing. Yeah, I respect that he's writing and directing his own stuff, his own original content. It's that's becoming less and less of a thing, as everybody knows. Uh, I respect him. I don't know that I love the output all the time, but I'm never not going to be interested to see what's coming next. That's and that's that's something exactly. That's kind of the 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 compliment you can give is like if he's coming out with a movie, I'm gonna want to see it. Yeah. For sure. And this one I was actually I was actually really excited for this movie. Ended up a little disappointed based on my expectations, but I still enjoyed enough of it for it to be a, a positive experience overall. Yeah. Fair enough. And with that said, <laughs> it's time for air oh we're I mean the feedback we're getting. You know The feedback everybody is obsessed with Kyle's hastily prepared top ten of the week. Do you have the jingle from last week? Or should I sing it again? No, oh, I forget. What was it? Uh, now it's time for Kyle's hastily prepared top ten of the week. There you go. So, I mean, we're getting texts from our listeners, you know, just really loving that that 210. I mean, that's... <laughs> All right. Here it is. Are I we ready? No, I guess. I have no idea what's coming. All right. This is the top ten... 2021 movie trailers that I hate. <laughs> so as we rise here, I'm hating the trailer even more. Okay. Interesting. Number 10. I, okay. The 10th worst trailer of the year. A journal for Jordan. 10th? That's should be higher. You, you hate it more than. than oh, that movie. I mean, that, that is a bad trailer. It's a bad trailer, yeah. We haven't really... I mean, thank God Denzel has Macbeth this year to distract <laughs> us right. from what a horror show... It looks bad. A journal for Jordan looks like. Although, we do have shirtless Michael B. Jordan. And, and that's how, why it's only number 10. You know, there you, you go. You All right, fair enough. You know, getting a nice shirtless MBJ is, is going to... Oh, but as we have discussed... Part of this... He's getting a little too big. Yeah, yeah. No, it's the most... It's getting a little too... He looks like a cyborg. He looks like he's got some, like, uh, beach balls on those now, part sleeves. Now, part of, part of um, 
this list to me is like this this is what I hate and part of it is my exposure to them. Of course. So a journal for Jordan I've seen the trailer I know. like one and a half times. I haven't seen it that many times and so No. I'm more haven't annoyed. seen it in theaters. And if any of you know what movies that trailer is playing beforehand, please let me know so I can go and <laughs> see them. Uh, and uh, you want the, the cartoonish sit, muscles? Sit on in the back even... row okay. and leave before the movie starts. By the way, this list was inspired by a trailer I saw before last night in Soho called the 355. Which, is that not on the list? Unfortunately, not on the list because it's not coming out this year. It's coming oh, of course. out in January sorry, next year. It's not a 2021 right. 2021 movie. 2021, I'm so sorry. But, yeah. Uh, please, everyone seek out the trailer for the 355. Truly insane. I can't imagine it's a real movie. Wants to be Ocean's 8 so bad. All right, number 10. A Journal for Jordan, for Jordan number 9. Uh, Ghostbusters Afterlife. Just mm. what are we doing? Why is this a thing? Awful. It is a draft pick, so go see it. But number yes. 8. Speaking of draft picks, one of mine. Sing 2. Oh. Just what? What's going on here? It's it, at some point there's just too much money in the world to be able to pay all of these A-list people <clears throat> to do this absolutely shitty-looking thing and to sing these. That I mean that movie must have cost an insane amount of money to get the music rights for all those songs. I don't know. I, uh, Okay, great. Sing One made $200 billion. Downtown. <laughs> uh, number seven, a trailer we got before last night in Soho, Cyrano. Oh, you're not in the Cyrano. Okay. Uh, uh, music from my boys. Who? The National did the music for the movie. It, it might be a good movie. I agree that it's not a good trailer. It's not a good trailer, and it it's like... Doesn't the trailer say seems so cheesy. the greatest love story ever told? It's like, well, that's your opinion. <laughs> yeah, it just I'm not excited by what's ha- what's happening in that trailer. Okay. Uh, number five, West Side Story. The, we're, afore- the aforementioned. We're remaking. Ansel Elgort. We're remaking West Side Story. Unclear why. I don't know what's going on. Nobody knows. Uh, the trailer. The trailer did not make it any more clear why we're hey that one shot where the sharks and the jets are walking towards each other (laughs) mama mia mama maria number five free guy just an atrocity (laughs) of a trailer that i saw 800 times before it came out for like years in advance because it got pushed back as a pandemic for every time you saw it it made a million dollars and then it did well at the box office which just pissed me off you're getting a sequel baby just getting a sequel terrible uh jody comor hive rises (laughs) This is going to be a controversial take. Number four. Don't. I. Don't even say it. It's not what you're thinking. Okay. Number four, Nightmare Alley. Oh, interesting. Um, I'm excited for this movie. Really but excited. is it a man or is I it do. a beast? Is it a man or is it a beast? I mean, that's. Is it a man? Or is it a beast? Did you know apparently that movie is not done yet? Do you know how many Which times not, that's just they say does, man or beast in the trailer? I believe it's Six. seven. I counted the last time. Uh, they say they either freak. three. I think three times they fully say man or beast. So that's six. And then one other time they wow. say either man or beast. I forget which word. It's too many times. It's like 90 seconds and we're saying man or beast six times. 
But it really sets the stage for whether that's going to be a man or a beast. Everything else now, in the trailer, I'm all in on. But I hate the voiceover in it or, you know, whatever. Okay, fair enough. Sorry, Willem. Uh, number three. This might be controversial as well because it is not a trailer, but the Adams Family <laughs> uh, progressive <laughs> insurance commercial. I feel like... <laughs> During NFL games and during the in MLB playoffs, this has been playing during Why every commercial. Why is that still airing? I hate it so much, and I know it's not a trailer, but that's a great. No, that's, that's number three. I appreciate that being on the list. Uh, number two is Eternals. Just awful. It looks terrible. Apparently, it is terrible. I know. It's just terrible. I'm bummed about that. Why? I don't know. I like a lot of the people involved. I was kind of I was excited about like Chloe Kingo. <laughs> I was excited about like Chloe Zhao doing something cool with the Marvel movie, and apparently this just isn't it. I hate Marvel movies. Yeah, we know. Um, that's that's not even necessarily true, but they're just annoying, and so I kind of now will I go I'm kind see of rooting. It, of I kind of I'm kind of rooting for them to all fail because they annoy me. Well, hey, guess what, pal? Good good luck. Yeah, no. <laughs> uh, I'm rooting for Marvel to fail. Oh, number okay, one, well. top ten uh, trailers I hate in 2021. There's really no other option here. It's number one with a bullet. It's Dear Evan Hansen. <laughs> just, and it's been made fun. It's almost. <laughs> I don't even hate the trailer because it's so ridiculous. It actually probably shouldn't even be in the top ten because I almost enjoy it now because it's so preposterous. But I've seen it a lot of times before movies. It's ridiculous. It's been memed to death. There's a there's a 47 year old man playing an 18 year old kid or something that is. You what, know what's one, going on here. One of my regrets is that we didn't do just a Dear Evan Hansen episode. <laughs> I mean, there's still time. I guess I guess there is. Man, I know. The people are clamoring for it. Oh, Julianne. Julianne. All right, so there it is. Your top ten of the week. Hastily prepared uh, the trailers that I hated most for 2021. <laughs> Number ten, A Journal for Jordan. Number nine, Ghostbusters Afterlife. Number eight, Sing 2. Number seven, Cyrano. Number six, West Side Story. Number five, Free Guy. Number four, Nightmare Alley. Number three, The Adams Family Progressive Insurance Commercial. Number two, <laughs> Eternals. And number one, Dear Evan Hansen. Wow, that's a good list. I, I encourage everyone to look up those trailers if you haven't seen any of them. God, I know. there Just have feel been, my pain. There have been a lot of bad ones. But, you know, I look forward to more bad ones. 355. Ugh, boy. I know. What about that uh, Netflix movie with The Rock and uh, Gal Gadot? Gal and Ryan? Yeah. Red Notice? I, I'll, I'll be honest, I have not watched that trailer. I and can't. And will not be touching down on the film. Uh, <laughs> this is your new phrase, huh? <laughs> It's the seventh time you've mentioned I it. I have. You know what? I will not be touching down on that. I'm excited for Netflix to tell us that 700 billion people watched Can't Red wait. Notice. Can't wait. This weekend or whenever it comes out. Can't wait at all. It might actually be true this time. This is going to be a big hit. I know. Those three? Whew. Whoa. Mamma mia. The free guy himself. Ugh. Free guy. God, Ryan Reynolds is just one of the biggest stars in the world, huh? We've really done it, America. <laughs> We've done it. Hooray. Uh, Next week <laughs> on the Popcorn Boys. Are you looking at me? Oh, I have. What idea. are we doing next week? 
This okay. So Eternals comes out this weekend. I'm breaking this. I'm breaking this on the podcast. Oh yes, to please you, do. What we're doing next week, and it's maybe our, our our listeners can ruminate on it before next week. So Friday uh, is th- this week is one of my most anticipated days of the year, which is the uh, uh, release of Spencer. Okay, I will be crying all weekend probably after having seen Spencer. Also, Eternals comes out this weekend. So my idea for next weekend is this, or for next week for the episode is this. We talk Spencer, we talk a little Angelina Jolie, and then we talk about what I am referring to. <laughs> what I am referring to as the disappearing A-list actress. Wow. Where did she go? Look at you. Where? No. Where did she go? This headline is ready-made for Vulture or something. Oh, God, I wish. They won't respond to my pitches. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, Vulture, it's me. I email you every week. (laughs) I'm into this. Where is my lonely ranger? Where is his shiny gun? You don't know this? Come on. You don't know every word to this song? Shiny gun? Where is his I'm not going to sing about guns. Gun? Especially not this week. Hold on, hold on. We're, out, we're, we're pushing it, but I don't know that those are the lyrics. Hold on. Paula Cole, where have... God, Paula Cole, absolute legend. Get her on the podcast. Where? Where's my... Oh, no. Did she not even say any of this? <laughs> there it is please tell me you have the entire sequence wrong i do well wait what are, where is my i said lone i got it mixed up so those two things she goes where she goes where is my marlboro man what where is his shiny gun then she goes where is my lonely ranger because the Lone Ranger. The fi- the fi- the final the final Lone li- Ranger, good movie. The final never seen it. Never touched on that film. The final <laughs> lyric of the final lyric of Where Have All the Cowboys Gone? Yippee yah, yippee yay, yippee yah, yippee yay. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Where has Dak Prescott gone? <laughs> Where is my CD lamb? <laughs> it's almost time for Zeke to jump in the Salvation <laughs> Army. Uh, Paula Cole, we love you, baby girl. Love you, Paula. All right, we'll see you next week where we talk about where have all the A-list actresses gone. Think about that during this week. And go see Spencer because movies are back. We're back, baby. For Diana. <laughs> oh, no. R.I.P. Diana. They don't. Bye. Good night.